Charles Noe. All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio. This is episode 403. Jason Lingeron is with me and Fortune St. Germain. And this will be the second QA. And I'm looking 396 is the first QA with Fortune. This is an extension of that. We're not going to point to it or any of that kind of thing. Just so you know, they're connected. We got through 42 questions the first time around. We are picking up on the 43rd question. Welcome, Jason. And a pleasant good morning. Welcome, Fortune, from across the sea. From the alchemical laboratory, where the battles of time are fought and won. This program is brought to you, as usual, in Buddha vision. <laughs> well, hopefully those battles are being fought at the highest levels right now, because a brother could use a life preserver at this point. Anyhow, we're going to jump in. Uh, I must say that the quality of the questions submitted uh, is a long ways. Go back to the early just me QAs and listen to some of the things we're thinking about then, and then fast forward to now. Anyhow, Jason, if you want to pick it up, Fortune going to lay it down. Electromagnetic frequencies, EMF. Do you know of any alchemical processes to protect against these frequencies? The higher your vibration is, the more love and kindness you have in your heart, the more you will be immune to this. Uh, You can take a look at the work uh, Biogeometry. They have Biogeometry. They have a very good website, and uh, he has... Uh, What comes closest to alchemical formulas um, for products to use, protect yourself, and protect your home. Another very, very good product is an ionizer. Uh, So negative ions uh, make you feel very, very good. So if you're near the water, water is always um, an excellent protector. Um. So anytime you go to the beach and the waves are splashing upon the rocks, you feel very good because they're producing negative ions. So the more uh, you can put your home uh, with negative ionizers in each room, uh, that is a very, very good protection. And uh, But it has to be the real organite. You can also use organite in your home, and that is the closest thing to... um, true alchemy to dispel anything that is not supposed to be there in terms of electromagnetic frequencies, but make sure that it is the real organite. There's a few things. I think I'm familiar with the first thing you mentioned. It's like a little medallion with a geometry on it, if I'm not mistaken, but just so everybody knows, Derek Condit, the B guy from episode 240, has little stickers that I have on my phone, which is going to become a skipping stone at some point. I'm not kidding. Um, There's stickers for your phone. There's other things that Derek Condit, he's very sensitive, kind of guy that probably sees auras, things like this. But Fortune, are you talking about the little, it's like a black medallion with a geometry on it. Was that one of the things you were mentioning? Go to the biogeometry site. His products are the best I've seen. And it's based on sacred geometry, uh, which is what the universe uh, is based on. And he has very, very good products there. Uh, a cube, uh, an amulet. Take a look at it. It's, it's a very, very good thing. And I use these in my own home. Uh, also, for another program, uh, I can teach people. It's very, very simple. 
how to build with magnets and it, it will cost you a total of $10 uh, for another episode. And you can wear three different forms of magnets on you and they will, they will repel any and all negative energy. But start with these products and what I have mentioned because they're very, very good. All right, we better I better quit slowing things down, Jason. Let's let's try to get through as many of these as we can. I think we have just over a hundred in total. Kitty cats can purr at a frequency that can heal the body. Do you have any other information on cats? Animals are a different soul type. They are nature angels, and all animals are brought here to teach us um, love. And kindness. So we relate, I guess, best in our homes to cats and dogs. Dogs have masters and cats have slaves, but in their different ways, they teach us about caring and sharing because they're vulnerable and they need us to take care of them. And it makes human beings feel that we are needed because as human beings, we need to be needed. And as we said in one of the um, discussions before, the three things a human being, the human soul needs to survive in physicality are attention, affection, and acknowledgement. And when we have cats and dogs, uh, they give unconditional love. And this touches our heart. And uh, they need us and they need food. They need us to help them. And it makes the human being feel needed as well. There's a study that people can look up. I saw it probably 10, 15 years ago about human beings petting their pets and science marking what they called an increase in T cells, whatever that means. Go ahead, Jason. How does an alchemist regard the number and idea of zero? Just so you know, Fortune, this is probably based on an episode that I did where I said zero has no existence in nature. Just to cue up the question, I'm guessing that might be part of the source. Alchemical knowledge of zero, zero point, birth and death at the same time. It is birth and death. It is otherworldly. One to nine are earthly numbers. The zero point is birth and death at the same time. Pertaining to the philosopher's stone and Adamus Ater, the black diamond. I'm curious if Fortune can elaborate on the differences and intricacies of this subject. A black diamond is a rare diamond, and the Orlov diamond is one of the most expensive diamonds in the world. It is a black diamond. There is no negative energy uh, attached or to it, but they are a precious stone because they really don't exist in that form in nature. So if you could find something that it is a black diamond, it's up there in price uh, because of its rarity with a green diamond or a red diamond or a blue diamond. And that's what makes the Hope Diamond so rare because it is 44 or 45 carats and it is a dark stone. So a black diamond would be on the same par of something like a large blue diamond. They are, the rarity is that they just don't exist very often in nature. If I tried to read between the lines, are you saying that the black diamond does not occur in nature, implying, of course, what that implies, or were you going a different way? The Olaf diamond is a natural stone that was cut, and it was a Russian stone, uh, and it's held at very high value. 
and yes, it is natural. But what makes these stones very, very precious, especially in large form, is that they just don't, you really don't find them very, very often. And then you'd have to put them on the refractor at the Gemological Institute and see what the light refraction is. And that's one of the things that makes the Hope Diamond very, very special because of it, the way it refracts light and what it, when you put it under the refractor and you analyze it. At the risk of slowing us down on question 47, you have, you and I have had conversations about colorful diamonds that do not occur in nature, which implies masterful alchemy at some level. Is that correct? The Philosopher's Stone is a red diamond. It is a large diamond. It is created by the alchemist, anyone who has mastered that form uh, at the highest light and speed to produce the large red diamond that does not exist in nature. And if you look up red diamonds and you want to buy one, you'll find that they're two and three carats and don't exist above that. The Philosopher's Stone can be 30, 40, 50 carats. I think it has come up on the show before, but I would like to know if Fortune has any information on the word and concept of Washington and its relation to Columbia. For example, Washington, D.C. on the East Coast and Washington bordering British Columbia on the West. Well, Columbia was a goddess, and as we know, the people who founded the United States were very much into the old Greek and Latin ideals. And you would have to go back. And Washington, yes, was a Freemason. Uh, and uh, he was not a mystic. But there were certain ideals that they hearkened back to from the Greek and the Roman eras. These people were deists. And uh, to understand more about that, they felt, the deists felt that, yes, the universe was created by a god, but he left the clock to operate on its own. And what we did with it was what we did with it while we were here. And if you'd like to know more, look up the goddess Columbia and also the goddess Atlanta, the Greek goddess Atlanta or Atlante, and uh, the Roman statesman Cincinnatus. They were very, very enamored um, since they were all versed in Greek and Latin, the founding fathers, they were enamored of the uh, elder Roman statesman Cincinnatus, which is where the name Cincinnati comes from. There is a show on one of the cable networks called American Gods. I believe it's been discontinued. I think it got too close to the point. It gives a good TV-like, so I'm downgrading it, overview of what constitutes worship and what is done with worship, and actually the goddess Columbia is portrayed in there, as are most of the gods, Greek or otherwise, even Indian. Go ahead, Jason. Is there an explanation for legendary alchemists or Kabbalists growing horns? I have seen this many times in art, and Moses was usually depicted by master sculptors and alchemists as having horns on his head. The people who translated the Bible from Hebrew they mistranslated the word. He had rays coming out of his head. And they mistranslated it because the Christian translators thought they knew Hebrew better than the rabbis. So instead of saying 
that it was rays, they translated it as horns coming out of his head. Which is how we get, I think it's a Michelangelo or something like that. And they make a big point of saying it's this elaborate masterpiece and the light hits. And those are, they, they later changed it though, didn't they, Fortune? Um, it, it, it looks like horns coming off his head, but didn't they actually go on later to say, oh, by the way, those are rays? They, they, because they, the Hebrew has a system of vowels and a word can mean one thing. And if you, it's the same spelling of the actual word. And the dots underneath are vowels. And if you change the vowels underneath, they mean something else. So when the Christians undertook to translate the Bible on their own, they didn't understand the vowel system. So they translated it as horns instead of rays, just as we have discussed before. The Hebrew Bible does not say in the beginning. It says in a beginning or any beginning because they misread the vowels underneath. And as we talked about, the true nature of alchemy is in a beginning or in any beginning, there is the, there is the light or let there be light. And that is the true nature of the alchemist. For every beginning is an eternal and an infinite beginning. For people who are interested, Michael Hoffman's books, a number of them are on the Vatican, and it demonstrates kind of what Fortune is saying, how the highest reaches of roughly Renaissance Vatican were sneaking rabbis, high learned men into the back door, while they marginalized the Jewish community in public, probably for the very reason that Fortune is citing, because they couldn't do it without that knowledge base. Go ahead, Jason. I would love to know about bile production of the gallbladder and liver. I was told that my liver is functioning at less than 50%. This being said, I have never had any physical ailments in my life here of 48 years. In our world, because most people view the march of time and entropy is the rule, if we view life as eternal and infinite rebirth and not as a march to death, we start marching in a direction where we can grow younger. The answer is at 48 or 50 years old, you've already lived half your life. So your body starts shutting down at 21, 22, 23. And from animalism, it goes into catabolism. So uh, your organs and your immune system and everything starts slowing down at that point. So at the age of 48 or 50, that you're functioning at half of your liver percentage is no wonder because you already lived half of your life. The true alchemist who is constantly taking on more light and love, light and love are basically the same thing, is growing younger and growing stronger by the minute, by the day, by the moment. Uh, there are There is a great, great product you can buy to help your liver. It's called Dr. Rekoweg Formula Number seven i think it's uh it's a dr record formula for your liver and that will help rebuild the liver and its function and if anyone wants some help for liver uh coffee enema mixed with your own urine uh coffee enema and 50 percent human urine held in for 15 to 20 to 30 minutes and that also helps cleanse and rebuild the liver and empty the bile ducts all right, two things. The last thing Fortune said kind of relates to the Gerson method with the coffee enema. He went the alchemist's extra step 
Uh, we've heard about urine therapy. And lastly, I take Dr. Reckowegs as recommended by Forrest. It's the real deal. Uh, Forrest, would you, would you call that a spagyric or what would you actually call the Reckowegg products in the, in the little vials there? The Reckowegg brothers, there were two of them with two of the greatest homeopaths of the 20th century. They were trained doctors in both allopathy, that's MD medicine, and homeopathy. And they wrote books, they had separate companies, and their formulas are uh, the closest. The, the original Count St. Germain of the 1700s would be proud of their formulas and of the number of people they have helped. But uh, that formula, I think, is, and, and like I said, look it up on the uh, internet, and the exact Dr. Reckowegg formula, R-E-C-K-E-W-E-G, and it would be the liver formula, and that will uh, help greatly in strengthening and detoxing the liver, because as you know, we are living in a toxic society where our um, mental, our mental, the, the most of the thoughts we send out during the day are toxic, and the physical uh, environment is also toxic. So we have a very big mission to help and save ourselves. And this is a big one, but we, we can do it. Just so everybody knows, I got one of the Reckowegg that's like a little brown vial with what I would call a spagyric. I don't know if Fortune agrees with that. I just did a look up on Amazon, uh, Dr. Reckowegg R7 liver and gallbladder drops. And get this, folks, 11 bucks delivered to your door. You can get two of them for 19 the reason I'm harping on this, these things are the real deal. And I admire having been privy uh, to fortune turning me on to the Reckowegg stuff. Go ahead, Jason. Who built the great cathedrals and beautiful architecture before the 1814s, as well as the pyramids that are around the world? Pyramids, <laughs> firstly, are built on sacred geometry. The great pyramids in Egypt took over 100 years to build, and they were they were built on the principles of sacred geometry, and they used sound technology to help uh, move the stones with anti-gravity, which is the way Edward Lee Scallon built his coral castle, because he had figured the principles out, the coral castle in Florida. Uh, the cathedrals that we all know are based upon pagan temples and the light and the sound, the great inner space and the reverberating organ and all of the people focusing on the same thought at the same time in a giant space. And when that thought was put into word and it took on the echo, uh, that made the energy exponential. And then that energy would go out into the world. If any of you would like to research the great Serapaneum, uh, which was linked to the library in Alexandria, and that was a healing temple, which is what our churches were based on. And many of the churches that we know that are based off, built on older pagan structures, because they were built in certain areas where the energy was much, much better. And... Uh, this had to do with ley lines and the sacred geometry that has disappeared from the world. So just know that the Catholic tradition was a mystical tradition 
based on the mystical tradition of the pagans. An organ, you say, Fortune. I have organs. Hint, hint, hint. Go ahead, Jason. What is the legitimacy of the Bible and all of the apocrypha and scriptures that have been hidden by the Vatican? From someone who has access to the Vatican Library, because um, we have been in the church for a thousand years, and I do have access and have been there, we have to understand that all religious texts are written by men and have been rewritten over the ages. The originals were written in Aramaic or Hebrew, then translated into Greek, and then retranslated into Latin. And the truth is to be known and is possible. But let us, let us take one thing. These sto- many of these stories were true, but they are also metaphor. So they are teaching us about life through allegory, analogy, and metaphor. They did happen, and they continue to happen in this day. The Romans hijacked Christianity to use it for their purpose. So when they took over and made Christianity the state religion, turn the other cheek was great for the Romans because it meant that if someone does you harm, you just sit there and let it happen. Turn the other cheek, the original meaning and the way it was translated, the original written, was when you preach the gospel, if someone spits at you or someone does turns away from you and denounces you for preaching, you turn the other cheek and you keep preaching the gospel anyway. It did not mean to let yourself be beaten up, to be a doormat, to let yourself be killed. They co-opted the Bible and the, the New Testament to rewrite it and use it to their form So the Romans, as we know, wanted citizens and uh, members of society that would do Rome's bidding. So render unto God what is God and render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. The Romans co-opted that. It was never said by Jesus. Okay, that's quite a bit. Go ahead, Jason. Based on the work of Howdy McCoskey and John Levi, what happened during our previous reset and how long has North America been populated by a European-type society. This is the only reset that was ever forced. What we are talking about and the changes in Earth and the changes in time and what had happened before were all based upon environment and rhythms and cycles. This is the only reset in history that has ha- is happening by force by what the people at the top consider necessity. It is not necessary because there still is enough for everyone if we live in accordance with divine plan, which means take only what you need and live simply so that others may simply live. This reset is taking place because they feel that there are too many people on the planet and it will be too hard to control. And none, none of this is true, but we all have to remember that we play a part in this. So those people who are going along with the edict that the, for those at the top and those people who are believing the lie are helping per, to perpetuate and strengthen 
the nightmare. All you have to do is say in your heart and soul, no, and you go on and do your own thing. If you sign up and listen to what these people are, are, are selling, which is a lie, you are sealing your own fate. You are giving away your power. And this will be a hard one for many people. But remember, in the universe, there are no victims. There are only volunteers for nothing happens without your permission. I would really like to know what Fortune thinks about the left hand, right hand, and middle paths, and which one did he choose? Catholic schools taught the children to write with the right hand, even though a child may have been left-handed, because the word for evil, sinestra, or left-handedness, they equated with the devil. Right hand versus left hand would be a balance of the darkness and the light, the yin and the yang. Neither, there is no judgment upon neither. Both are good. One is rarer than the other, and there need not be a judgment on either. And for anybody that is asking the question, Right meets left and merges into the center, so the middle road, the via media, as they say in Latin, the middle road, the middle path, the path of balance. And that is the path that we all should and must choose if we wish to walk and succeed in life. This next question probably is influenced by what I say a lot, which is that the zygote, you receive a few things. Lately, it's been three things. It used to be two things, and that is the divine spark and free will. And lately, I've added the idea of you're granted to be a beneficiary of the creation. Go ahead, Jason. What is your opinion on one's godly origin? How can one know that at fertilization, one received the divine spark of light from the creator? John 1.9. You want me to look up 1.9, Fortune? The fire worshippers, the Zoroastrians, were the people who contributed to all of this in the Western culture upon which Islam, Judaism, and Christianity was based. The fire worshippers and the divine spark, at that moment of birth, at that moment of creation, there is nothing finer because you are bringing in a soul looks like a diamond. It has infinite facets. It has many colors. There is nothing finer at that moment when a soul is assigned and comes into being. And this is what we should all know, that that, that, that is the divine spark expressing itself. Not only expressing itself, but giving itself a new form of expression. Uh, even though the divine is infinite, it is always recreating and making itself more infinite. It is making itself more perfect. It is growing. And through that birth of a uh, soul coming into physicality or a soul being created so that it can be prepared for existence in any infinite form that the creation 
has decided. And it is very, very hard to put into words because when I am looking in and seeing the energy uh, and what is created, uh, it, it in itself is infinity and it starts the road of the eternal path of a new soul or a new birth and eternity and creation begins all over again. All right. I'm just going to move on. I'm not sure why John 1.9 was attached to that question. I read it. It seems to be, well, whatever. Go ahead, Jason. My question for Fortune is for him to succinctly explain the mechanism and use of feminine masculine energies, particularly in regards to attraction, sex, and relationships. We are in duality consciousness in the third dimension. And on this planet, there is duality, male and female. Uh, and the merging of male and female to become one in the heart. So this was a contract for this planet. And there was once a time long, long ago when there was no male or female. Uh, when beings had uh, in the Lemurian world and before sexual androgyny or hermaphroditism where they had both parts and as things evolved and physicality became thicker and people became more attached to the physicality such as an addiction uh, there were the splitting of male and female Whereas it used to be in one body, it became in two bodies. And we have to remember as a true alchemist that everything is blessing. And if you, you know how to meet a dark tidal wave or a dark nightmare coming at you, you ask, what is this about? What am I learning here? And then you can master the, the darkness and learn a lesson from it and transmit that into something that is positive. So the male and the female are on this planet, are many, many, many eons of expression and separation consciousness, which is a reflection that human beings feel separate from the light and sound of God in third dimension, which we are not separate. The illusion of time and space give us that. And just to let everybody know who is listening, and this is not something bad. It's actually something good. This is an experimental planet. So there are many, many things going on on this world in physicality. This is one of the only planets in this area of the galaxy and universe where human beings have a full range of individuality and emotion, which most other worlds do not have. If you go out and you look at other worlds in the cosmos, many have neither emotion nor individuality, and as a result of it, their worlds are dying. They are dark gray worlds, and that is one of the reasons people come here or beings come here from other areas to study, because this is one of the only places in this area, not of the galaxy, but of the universe where there is a total full range of individuality and emotion expressed in physicality. Pretty well, right? Go ahead, Jason. I was hoping that the great saint could provide us with a lesson on the rainbow body. I think he just got promoted. Fortune, go ahead. Well, 
we're all saints, so we need to recognize that first because Earth is a fast classroom, as we said, for ascending masters. So for whatever reason you are here, uh, whether you are wed to Earth, whether you are sent here from another um, world, and there are also beings here from other dimensions that have come to learn and see, there are souls that have chosen to be here because it's a fast classroom. Uh, there are souls who have come from other planets. So when you have the longing for a planet that you have come from or you feel you don't belong here, it means that you were sent here because you could not make it on your home world, uh, that there was more cohesiveness there and oneness, and you were too either independent or cantankerous for that world. So you were sent here to experience not chaos, but where energy is always in flux and going in different directions. And therefore, this exists in our light bodies where we have so many different parts of ourselves and so many different light forms and so many different things that we can do and choose to do with our bodies and being. It's basically like anything else. It's what we choose to make of it. But just remember that everything meets in the heart. Your heart is your center. So the root and the crown merge in the heart, which is your alchemical laboratory. And when the heart is anchored in the moment, there is nothing that is impossible. Fortune, would you equate the rainbow body idea in this question with maybe the old Indian teacher, maybe it's even Tibetan Buddhism, the Dharmakaya and Nirmanakaya? Is that a similar idea? All of the religions have the similar basis. The Kabbalah, the tree of life, is the root, the, the chakra system. Um, when Jesus gave the Our Father art in heaven, the Paternostra, those were seven different psalms and prayers to simplify and, and represent the chakra system or the Kabbalistic tree of life. So he started in the crown, Our Father that art in heaven, holy be thy name, and he starts going down through the Ajna or the um, third eye, and then he goes down to thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, which is ending in the feet, which is your root chakra. So he's taking it from a different perspective, starting in the crown. And because uh, Jesus was a teacher, was a heart teacher who came from the heart chakra. And the Indians were very, very good. They were a people that were basically root chakra people like the Aborigines. And that is why they are sure-footed people and they work on high buildings and bridges and uh, they have no fear of heights because their root chakras are the strongest in the world. Whereas the Tibetans and the Hindus tend to focus more on the crown chakra so Buddha would have been a teacher that came from the crown chakra. He was more of a wisdom teacher. And this is the best way I can explain it right now. It's interesting. Go ahead, Jason. What time of day is best for meditation? Any time of day is. We are all in meditation all the time because it's the Baal Shem Tov, the great Hasidic master who had reached mastership and finished his mission here in this world. Uh, and he was a very eccentric teacher. So anytime is a great time. 
Uh, we are all in meditation all the time. Second level meditation is when you sit down and you actually are concentrated thought meditation uh, and you are in the moment and you are sitting down at that express moment in time and you're stopping the outside world and you're stopping time and space to be in the eternal moment. The actual, if we have to say there is a best time, it would probably be uh, the very, very time, the first hour of your waking when you choose to set up the day, you honor the day uh, that has been made for you. This is the day the Lord has made for us. Let us be glad and rejoice in it because every day has a vibration of its own and every day is brought to us as um, a day of infinity as well as the night. And it shows the universe that when you meditate the first thing in the moment, that spirituality is when you wake is the most important thing to you. So when you wake up and you stop everything and start the day with the um, concentrated meditation, you are honoring the universe and you are honoring uh, what it has made for you. And you are therefore setting yourself up for the rest of the day. So uh, as Jesus and the Buddha, who themselves had become in the Christ consciousness, one with um, everything, the avatar status, their favorite times for meditation were the actual morning, the very beginning when the sun rose, when we were saying goodbye to the night and hello to the new day. So uh, the two souls that have gone the furthest on this planet uh, into the Christ Buddha vibration or Jesus and the Buddha, and that that was their favorite time to hear the birds singing and to see the night go, which is the mother, and the day rise, which is the father. And at that special time, uh, as well as the end of the day when the sun is setting, that is the time when male and female merge, uh, just as it male and female merge, the male and female aspect of God. When the day is rising, that very, very moment when you see the first glare of sunlight coming, it's the merging of male and female and mother, father, God. What advice do you give to a man starting a family? Someone who chooses to start a family and bring a soul into this world, that is the greatest blessing in the world. And that is what we talked about, um, bringing a soul in, that is the ray of infinity. and. When it comes into physicality, and that in itself is the start of a new universe, and the greatest advice I would give is patience, love and patience, because you are bringing something into the world that is really not yours, but you are entrusted with caring for, and that creation gives you that being to care for. It's entrusting in you a soul, which is the greatest trust that the universe could ever give you. And that to bring up a child with patience and have the ultimate love, no matter what happens to that child on earth, uh, that you would always be patient and never scold 
and know that you are entrusted with such a great gift. They asked a great rabbi once, did he ever get tired of spending all day with people who had problems? And he said, if someone gave you a bucket of diamonds and you were to spend all day counting them and they were the most precious stones in the world, would you ever get tired of that? And he said, no. And the rabbi said, well, this is what I do when I meet a human soul every day. How could I ever get tired of meeting a diamond that was priceless? So that is the greatest thing I could ever tell any mother or father. Uh, patience and know that you are being given something that is infinite to care for and to send out into the world to do something great. Does fortune know how close is the return of the great one or great ones? Seems like a next teacher question to me. On the earth, there are always great ones. And Master Choa, who brought to the world the Twin Hearts Meditation, which he said was a gift from the great ones, there are always great teachers on earth in any age. And there are always great ones from other dimensions that come down to bring messages and light. And as we said in some of our other broadcasts, that the furthest anyone has gone on this planet has to achieve the Christ Buddha vibration. That is white gold. That is the next vibration above enlightenment. But in this great age of troubles, the time of troubles, which is known as the tribulation, there will be a teacher finally that will come down and achieve a vibration beyond the Christ. Can fortune tell me who are the eight Christ masters? At the last look, and I and this was years ago, there was a woman in the Andes, and she was the uh, most advanced on the planet. She worked through the Christian faith. Another man was a Muslim teacher in the Iran-Iraq area. Another teacher was a man in the Yugoslavian area that was priest-like, but he was not officially ordained uh, by the church. And he had some signs of the stigmata. I am describing now three people. There may be more than that on the planet right now. There may be 10 at this time. The woman in the Andes was very, very well hidden. And she, at that time, was the most advanced soul on the planet that was of a human soul form that had come in. And she did have the power to heal physically. And at this moment, who the other five to seven are, uh, it would take me a deeper form of meditation which I cannot go into at this moment because I won't be able to speak. Can fortune provide tips on the best means of using our minds over matter? Well, you're doing that all the time, whether you know it consciously or not. The best tip for mind over matter is, as we said, the Twin Hearts meditation through Master Choa. The more light you take into your body, into your chakra system, and the higher your vibration grows, the more focused your mind will be as an outgrowth of the energy in your heart. And in that way, you become more and more focused. So teachers like uh, Jesus, the Buddha, 
Padre Pio, the woman I have just mentioned in the Andes, their thoughts were very, very, very focused um, in a way that most human beings could not imagine. Because they are, by the time you reach avatar status, which is, as we said, the Bodhi mind, Krishna consciousness, what the Muslims call the Mahdi, what the Jews call the Messiah, you are basically at tune with universal consciousness. So your mind and your soul are very, very focused. Your mind and soul, your mind and heart are basically one and the same at that point. All right. I think that's going to do it for hour one. All right. We made it up to 63. We're going to have to move right along or beg fortune to do a Q&A three to get through all these. Um, thank you so much, Fortune, for hour one. We're going to wrap up. We're going to take a short break because I know Jason needs coffee. And uh, we'll be back for hour two shortly. And everyone can be a member at crow777radio.com to get the full two hours or two hours plus of any given episode. If you are not a member, there are, oh, at this point, over 400 free hours you can access. Anyhow, with that, I hope to see you at crow777radio.com for the full show, C-R-R-O-W-7777radio.com. And I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. We'll see you on the other side. Cheers.
belief is the enemy of knowing. <laughs>